fixing my getting everything all worked up and we are ready to go it is monday we know what that means it is monday mindset mindset monday good morning it's carol sue aka naughty boss live with two sisters and a sleepy sister at that my name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. It is Monday, September 27th, and it is the last Monday of this month and also the last Monday of the quarter. So let's dive, excuse me, right into mindset. Take the mic away, and then I'm going to take it back. Yeah, there you go. And uh, that's okay that you're sleepy. That means that you did not sleep well. You know, as mind coaches, as health coaches, we are no different than you. <laughs> we have days where we're stressed. We have days where things are way heavy on our hearts, our minds, and we get disrupted sleep like everybody else. So how do we preach to you about Monday mindset and the, how to deflect all of that crap into having a good Monday mindset? So we're going to try our best because we've got a lot of stuff going on, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. This week was a, it was a harder week. You know, we, we obviously, um, it was the year anniversary of our dad's passing. And then yesterday was the year anniversary of his actual funeral. So those things naturally, you know, and like you talk about any of the first of that year and, and, you know, from, from then on out, they're still, they're still heartbreaking. They're still uh, way heavy on your heart, but the first are always just that initial, you know, you've reached that milestone of that person passing or whatever the, heartache may be so we knew that we embrace that but then now you add that to the mixture of what's going on in your own community what's going on maybe in your school system what's going on from a from a standpoint from a country and i'm a firm believer of the way that you get that right mindset and, and it's not easy so i i want people to understand that the suggestions we make, we struggle with ourselves, and that's why we share them over and over again, because ha habit and 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 doing the same thing over and over again each week in the course of the action that we're placing them in is all for a purpose, but does not mean that it's perfect, does not mean that we don't falter at times as well or that you falter. So we, we share, we're always authentically us. So over the last... Um, probably a week or so, things in the country are heightened to new levels. And the way that we've I've dealt with it and that my husband and I've dealt with it and our family as a whole have dealt with it in the past, which is a great tool, is to kind of detach yourself from the news, the alerts. Certainly if something you know of an emergency nature is going to happen, you're going to find out whether it's through your friends, you're going to end up getting some emergency alert on the phone. So you don't have to feel that fear of missing out on some sort of breaking news. Believe me, the breaking news will find you. And sometimes it's all not that breaking to begin with. However, this week, I think it was probably because for me personally, my emotions were already kind of up and down, you know, just just because of the mindset that I was currently in. And I fought very hard in following the pattern that we worked really hard to set up for ourselves and for all of you to really get through those. Because, you know, life is all about ups and downs and bumps and twists and turns and deflections and all that happy jazz. But this week really it took it to a new level 
and I'm specifically talking about the border and what's going on in the border and the response from the border, which are all blatant lies. They are just, you, you can't call it, you, you can you can sugarcoat as calling untruths or not being completely uh, transparent. They're lies. It's just, you can't get around it, they're lies. So in that research of what they were talking about regarding the patrolmen at the border, the uh, horse patrol, and knowing that the history of, I believe it goes back to 1806, they talk about the split reins. This photographer was really catching in action the dangers of people crossing the waters, uh, remembering that a horse weighs a lot, you know, just like a, like a vehicle is a weapon, a horse is a weapon too. Uh, not by sheer that they're going to hurt you, but there are accidents that could occur if a, even a very well-trained horse could land on you. You could put the horse in danger and you could also put children, people in danger as well. And let's not forget about the person riding the horse. You put them in danger. So a photographer took some very candid shots of what is going on at the border and there were action shots. Well, sadly, the communist people that are in power right now, because that is what they are, there's no other word for it. The communist people that are in party right now took that particular picture and formed a narrative around it. And the narrative that they chose to use was that they compared it to slavery. And I heard a very, a very great reporter talk about, and there's not that many great reporters out there, we know that, but really talked about that a slave, and to understand what slavery truly is, a slave didn't choose to come over here. They came over in chains in slavery. They were bought and sold to be a slave to an owner. And when they, so what they did was they used the terminology of the reins now as a whip and are comparing that to whipping a slave. That is a blatant out and out lie. The photographer came out and told and said that you are misconstruing that particular photo that I took. That is not what happened there. I witnessed it. I had a bird's eye view. My, 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 my eyeball is in the lens. I'm zooming in. I know exactly what transpired. Then you had others come out uh, in defend of these uh, border patrol police officers and, and really talk about you know, what exactly they go through. And, and I'm gonna give you, uh, and it's from uh, a gentleman named Andy Lewis, and I'm gonna give you exactly a snippet of what he had stated. Definitely the best job he's ever had. Uh, you become one with the horse. They learn to trust you. They will go to the end of the earth if you ask them. Someone just got her makeup done. I just noticed that. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was done beforehand, but somebody was, uh, well, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, they learn to trust you. They will go to the end of the earth if you ask them. We train every day with them. Definitely the best partner I've ever had. See what's in my hands? Those are split reins, not whips. They are six feet long. They are split for when we go into the brush. If we go through thick brush and a tree branch gets caught, it will just slip right through. The reins are connected to the bit. 
the bit is in their mouth. And the last thing we want to do is hurt our partners by tearing up their mouths. You have seen the video of the agent spinning the rain and or the, the photo when non-citizens get close to the horse. It's to create distance between the horse and the person on the ground. Our horses easily weigh 1,200 pounds. They can step on someone and break a bone or kill a small child of a person who gets too close. We also spin them if someone attempts to grab the reins because the last thing you want is someone who doesn't know a thing about horses to have control of the horse that you are on. If non-citizens attempt to gain control of our reins, it is considered deadly. The horse can freak out, jump up and roll with you on them. Us as riders can be killed if a horse lands on us. And he says, I hope this helps those who have never seen a horse or a split reins before. Now, to use that particular incident for a disgusting narrative of the, these racist, bigot, communist evildoers that are in control of our country right now is despicable, number one. So that was the first thing that fired me up. The other thing that fired me up was really understanding, and I'm only getting snippets, obviously, of a book that is probably, and for those of you that are listening and, and can't see me, I'm taking one, two, three, four, five, five books. And I'm showing you the thickness of these five books. That is about the, the thickness of this spending bill. Now, they originally told you it was 1.5, then it was 2.5. It's actually close to $6 trillion because it's over a 10-year span. So most Americans don't know that, number one. Number two, the things that were in it and that I, I learned about, because it's obviously who has time to, you know, you get this one day, say, oh, we're going to vote on it, and, you know, a couple days from now. No one in their right mind can even decipher the entire I don't even know how many pages. I believe they said it was around 2,500 pages. Something to that degree. Bigger than the Bible. And they want you to decipher that and make a decision that is not only going to impact the current generation, the generation ahead of us, uh, below us, below that, and below that. We're talking probably three to four generations thick that this thick taxing bill, trillion dollar, multiple trillion dollar, between 5.5 and $6 trillion is going to impact our country. So learning snippets of it, which were only snippets, I was fired up, didn't sleep. And then the last thing I want to go into, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, is I've noticed more and more the people that I personally know that are Democrats, and let's be real, the Democratic Party right now is dead. There is no more de Democrat parties, in my view. It is a communist party against uh, libertarians and Republicans. That's how I look at it. There's the, the democracy, the Democratic Party, not democracy, but the Democratic Party is Caputo, right? Done, finish. And I've noticed more and more that people that I personally know, that I know that were, you know, they wouldn't go into reasons why they voted for Biden, but they're, you know, staunch Democrats. They vote party, party line. 
have gone rogue, have gone undercover, are silent. And so they should be because they need to bear witness to what they voted in and what not only what impacted not even a full year yet of the clown posse that's occupying the people's house, but the demolishing of all we are as a people that is going to impact so many generations to come. And I implored you all to listen to Robert Welch from his 1958 speech, and it's entitled, Insider's Plan to Destroy America. And that was in 1958. How many years ago was that? Well, I can tell you, because I was born in 1958, 63 years ago. And how it relates to what we're currently going on right now. And the light bulb moment that my husband got was that part of the biggest purse strings, which obviously we already knew was someone named Rozo, and I'm not even spelling saying it correctly, Georgie boy, Georgie S with all the money, but also what we are seeing, this plan right now is Bernie Sanders' plan. And I wonder, since Bernie Sanders was robbed his election with Hillary, well, no, that wasn't the payoff. Wasn't that the payoff? Could be the payoff. I don't know. So yeah, I'm fired up on this Monday mindset and I'm gonna turn it over to you. And we believe me, we are going to tackle how our mindset has to change from that crap and how we navigate it together, not only as Americans, but as human beings. Go ahead, Jim. Wow, that was a mouthful. And I was feverishly writing some notes and I just want to touch about mindset in general to begin with. Um, there's a quote, I'm not sure, <laughs> excuse me, I'm not sure who wrote it, um, but I always see it when I need some motivation and I write it down all the time. And it's obviously about mindset. I'm in charge of how I feel and today I am choosing happiness. So the big question for me, or maybe for other people out there that may be feeling this, feeling the velocity of all the atrocities happening in our world today um, and how that affects our mindset. Well, what we do or what I do is try to work through that. But how do you work through it when you're just blah, right? And how do you get to that point of choosing happiness when you feel? For some, it may be a process. For me, um, it's affected in different ways through my sleep, um, so forth, so on. So I just want to say that we experiencing we experience that as well. For me, it's the process of acknowledging how I feel. not only the acknowledgement, but come up with creative ways to get to that happiness point. That is sometimes difficult. That is something that I, I do struggle with. And as a result, um, for me, you know, and I've probably shared this before, it's <laughs> limiting my time on TV, so forth, so on. Um, now I wanna touch upon some of the 
things that uh, you brought up, Kasu. Um, and I'm going to start from the bottom up because I was trying to read my handwriting here because I was writing so fast. So you were initially discussing the Democratic Party. And, you know, we do have family and friends that um, are Democrats. Um, and one question that I was trying to have answered before the elections is we, at that point, when I was asking this question, we all knew at that point who we were going to vote for. But the question I was specifically asking was, do you know what you are voting for? Now, obviously we can't know everything, but for instance, um, maybe a young couple, it may be, you know, education, um, so forth, so on. So it's, that is different for everyone. And I'm not sure that we all know the full extent or the agenda that every candidate may have. <coughs> Excuse me, that was never answered. Nobody ever answered me on that. And I really wanted to know because I wanna educate myself on why people do what they do. That's important in our line of work. It's important in what I do every day. So now we're at the point where you had mentioned that I picked up on what they voted in. Was, and this can be debatable for centuries to come, do we really know specifically that he was voted in? I don't think we will ever get that answer. I think I, I know what the answer is for myself from what I've seen, what I've researched. So, um, I would love answers to those questions, but I don't think we'll get them. The other thing that I wanna chat about is that Robert Welch speech, the Robert Welch speech in 1958. If you haven't, I listened to it uh, last year, definitely going to listen to it again. It's, and you have to remember that's before, unfortunately JFK was assassinated. I think history is, is a lost, I'm just gonna to add to that. I think history is a lost art, is a lost education. And that's a flippin' shame. We need to get back to basics. So if you haven't already listened to it, don't just hear it. Don't just play it in the background. Listen with intent. You will definitely learn something from that. Okay, my next subject. Bernie Sanders, let's go back a few years. There was George W., you know, we can go through all the list of, of, of pre past presidents, but I wanna focus on the plan. The plan was something I think that we have to remember was disrupted, let's be real, was disrupted disrupted in a huge way when President Trump was voted into office. My personal feeling is Billary was supposed to be in that place. Love the name Billary. I'm right yes. now. 
was supposed to continue that plan. We had eight years of what we thought at that time was the worst president. Then it was to be Billary. And I think the, the conception was, well, the infinite person that she shares her life with was president for two terms. So they assumed that it was a given that she would be in for two terms. So now we have President Trump. Then now we have uh, the tick. And for those of you that don't know what the tick is, the tick is the person occupying 1600. And if you want to know what the tick is, send me a message and I will be happy to share that with you. So what I've seen, what I've researched, what I listen to, I think it's more, it's Bernie Sanders plan. It's almost like a, a banana split. I'm going to use that analogy with food. So you have the ice cream. No, first you have the bowl. Then you take the ice cream out, your ice cream scoop, put the ice cream in the bowl. That's not what happened. It's all in reverse order now. So now they're going back to point A and creating all this havoc. So that's my kind of short take on all of that. Um, the budget, and again, I'm going in reverse order. Uh, there's a lot I could say on that. And all I have to say is obviously that plan is not vegetarian or vegan because there's a lot of pork in it. Below 2,500 pages, we go from 3.5 trillion, but it's actually 6 trillion. That's a problem. Let's chat about the border crisis. Our grandparents, many of our ancestors, and for our viewers and listeners, your ancestors in all likelihood, at some point came to this country for a better life. We wouldn't be here today if that did not happen. And I could talk about this for hours, but I'm gonna keep it really short. The time has come to show our support for not only people that come into the country legally, but to the people who support and monitor the border. Borders are there for, for a reason. I'm not saying, and I wanna make it clear, I am not saying people or immigrants from other countries can't come here. There has to be a certain process that needs to be followed in, in order to ensure domestic tranquility. There's no domestic tranquility happen, happening. How can you, how can you not, it's like the Americans now are the enemies and we are treated 
horribly by all these imperfections, all of these mandates, all of these repercussions of the tick occupying 1600. But yet it is okay to enter our country illegally. None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. But what I will say is it, it makes sense for the person, the, the tick at 1600, that's a shame that we go from where we were in a country that thrived in a country where all opportunities were open for all individuals. And we are where we are now. And what do we do about it? I don't know that I have the right answer. I don't know if maybe anybody does, but that's my take on all of that. Well, you know, you you had some 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 valid points where you know what is the end game because the obvious is occurring. It doesn't make sense, but it does. So, what is that? What do we mean by that? There is a purpose of why they are doing the obvious that you you wouldn't think would be happening, and that has to do with what we've been saying all along. It has to do with two thousand twenty two and two thousand twenty four. And that's all we're going to say about that piece of it. That's what it has to do with. But at what price? When you have, you know, the state, the New York City, New York, New York, the city that never sleeps, when they had one of the highest numbers, I think they were top three states of this pandemic, past pandemic, I might say. And you had all those frontliners, those nurses, those doctors that stood by their patients, you know, it's at times doing things out of the unordinary that they would normally do because they were, you know, working feverishly. And we now know that a lot of patients died needlessly because of pushing the ventilator in way, way, way too soon, too fast without doing the normal protocol that they were taught to them before the quote, Thing that goes in the arm and now I've been threatened with their jobs when they were at the worst of it without that so-called protection of the arm. And now if they don't do it, they're fired. They're castaways. They're not relevant. They're not, they're not, uh, they're, they're, they're dispendable. The, what, what's the word? Not dispendable. That's not even a word. They're, um, you know, irreplaceable. Just get rid of them. They're carnage because they, they, they're, they're standing up and saying, no, we stood here and we did our work at the height of it and we survived it. And now you want to, you know, make us that we're in that field that don't agree with it have to do that. And yet you have people coming over illegally that they're, well, you know, they're not going to be here for that long. Are you flipping kidding me? They're not going to be here that long. If they got some, you know, some symptoms, yeah, we'll kind of like, you know, check them out. And you wonder why people are fired up. So the one thing I'm going to go, to, I'm going to state before we come up with some great strategies for all of us to share from mindset is what is going on at that particular address that you continually mention along with 
those that are spending time who claim they work 18 hours a day, DHS, Homeland Security, Clown Posse, part two, that spends time going on, I'm gonna let you interject in a second, goes on, like goes on talk shows half the time, spewing a bunch of bull shista, dereliction of duty. Dereliction of duty is deliberate or accidental failure to do what you should do as part of your job. Dereliction of duty applies to the head clown, the circus, and all the clown posse. Go ahead, Jim. What I want to say about that person at DHS, and I'm just going to say it in a couple of words, <laughs> and I'm already cr cracking up. Stinking blinking and the fraud patrol. Just, I mean, he just really, he's, he, he's such, and, and, and it's so funny because some of the questions that were asked to him, he said with such a condescending smirk on his face, I literally, that's what I knew. Time out, Carol Sue, you are going to literally jump into the TV because you want to like jump into the TV. So how do we, knowing that literally Americans right now are under such duress, and a lot of people continue to ask me, why do you fly on uh, my social media? I have the American flag upside down, which is a sign that is not a disrespect. A lot of people that is, think it's a disrespect. It is not a disrespect to our country. And it is not a disres disrespect to anyone that serves. It is a symbol that our country is under distress. And if you don't feel like our country is under distress, either you are in a swamp or you're under a rock and you don't know what's going on in this country because our country is under duress. It truly is duress and distress. So how do we, how do we, as well as all of you, find and navigate ways to you know, de-stress, which is very difficult to do when you're stressed out, when you, you know, you want to like jump in the TV, when you're tossing and turning at night. I mean, I, I, this whole week I tossed and turned every single night. I still got up and did my thing. I still preached what I knew I had to do, but I found it extremely difficult, not for myself, for my grandchildren, for my children, for my grandchildren and for my grandchildren's grandchildren of all children. Let, let's not even get into even the uh, comprehensive sex education, the CRT bullshit, bullshista. Okay. So you have all that weighing, or at least for me personally, I had all that weighing and I'm, I'm imagining these future generations of what kind of worlds we are leaving them in and what can we do? And there's something to say about what we talk about and we have to practice what we preach. And this is actually the first time I've watched the news as much as I did this week. And I use myself as an experiment to see if I could, in probably one of the worst weeks in history, to, to, you know, from a, from a media perspective to watch it. But I thought, you know, let's, let's see where this goes. And it didn't go well. I didn't sleep well. I must have, John said I was yelling in my sleep. I woke up all hoarse. 
you know, so it's impacting my, my well-being. And I'm sure it's impacting all of your well-being. So what can we do? A lot of people choose to, and it's funny because I, I think of, you know, the, the Democrats where, you know, they were warned about who they were voting for. And when I refer to voting, do I believe that he was voted in? No. But do I know people that voted for him? Yes. And even if it was a close margin, you people have got to, I mean, I, it's one of those decision-making things that if I knew that I was part of the, uh, I was part responsible for what is going on in our country. And that's what I really want to impact upon people. Your vote matters because your vote will impact others, good, bad, or indifferent. And those that refuse before the election to be postured enough and strong enough and confident enough to say why they voted for this clown and all his clown posse. And now you're, where are you? Oh, we're just, we'll just get off of social media. We'll live our lives. They do it so well. They probably do it better than conservatives and libertarians. They totally disconnect. We voted. We didn't really have to say why we voted for who we voted because, you know, we're Democrats. We don't have to do that because we are elitists. They're all elitist. Even the ones that I know are elitist because you can't even have a diplomatic posture conversation with them because they won't even, inter they'll, they'll interject only one way, but they're incapable of being open-minded to all sides. That is the difference between libertarians, Republicans, conservatives, and Democrats. The other three have the ability, not all, but for the most part, have the ability to be open-minded and willing to understand the other side. Democrats, all, all the ones that I personally know, they're elitist jackasses. And these are people that I know. And that's why I've kind of separated myself from them. Because I thought to myself, if you don't think that I am worth enough to have that conversation, that your vote is going to impede on generations to come. And now we see the results of that. We see what, what, what is going on in our country. They're part of that. They're accessories to it. And they got to live with that. I could never in my right mind knowingly feel good about voting for something like that when I was warned. It wasn't like I wasn't warned. And now seeing what it's done to our country. So I can understand why they are running with the tail between their legs. They're off of social media. They only comment on a few things and then you don't see them for a few days or you don't see them at all. Or if you do see them and you kind of open up that conversation and that dialogue to have that good, healthy debate, it can be passionate. They just, they sit there with their, their posture and their little, little smirking and they don't, they, you, you find that be silent. I'd rather be silent and permit proper and not engage because I have some ownership in what's going on in this country right now. Shame on them, number one. But number two, how do we deal with that? And a lot of people have asked me this question before, and there's nothing wrong with unfollowing people that do not align. And we, we already know that we're not supposed to think alike. We don't look alike. We're not supposed to think alike either but you're supposed to have enough respect and mutual understanding of decency from one human being to another and how your decisions impact other people. So it is okay to unfollow them. 
Heck, if you want to unfriend them, unfriend them. If they're if they're distressed, if they're putting you in a distress mode, unfriend them. Nothing wrong with that. That's confidence. I had a person about a month ago who gave me, and I, I chatted about it on this podcast, who gave me a very um, you know, she she messaged me and I was very postured and respected her perspective. I didn't agree with it because I really felt if you really cared about me, you would have picked up the phone and have that conversation to understand really what happened. But you came up with your own narrative of what you think happened. And she said, you can unfriend me if you want. That's on you, girlfriend. That's on you. You want to unfriend me because of something you think you know how it transpired. That's on you. So someone said to me, well, did you bother to unfriend her? No, because I'm not the one who initiated this crap. I'm not the, uh, like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I don't understand what a quote friend is, is saying, or maybe I'm interpreting it just like the same thing what's going on in our country, you either go find out to the source, find out the information and then evaluate, okay, well, I didn't think of it that way. Or I understand what you're saying that that's what you did. I don't agree with it. Then you can say, I don't agree with it. But to, to land base somebody after the fact, when you don't even have all the facts, shame, shame, that's a coward. She's a coward. But anywho, there are a lot of cowards right now in our country that are on, on all ends of politics. Doesn't just have to be Democrats. It could be libertarians. It could be conservatives. There's a lot of cowards in our country. Unfollow them. If the news is stressing you out, like we said, like I'm going to practice. I'm, today I'm starting day one, because I have to like recharge my brain again, of not making sure that in my household, because that's something that I can control. And I already told John, I said, you turn on the flipping news, you're going to hear from your wifey. And I'm not going to be too happy about it because I don't want that garbage ongoing. We can't control what they do. We have to stay abreast, especially of this ridiculous spending bill, but we don't have to have the news on all the time. And I'm boycotting the news starting today. I'm gonna to try to do a 30 day cleanse. That's what I'm calling it. A 30 day, a 30 day cleanse to, dis, to de-stress and impress. So I'm distressing from what is distracting me from being the person that I want to be to impress that I can do it. And I know I can do it. And I'm going to prove to myself that I can do it. And I'm and really including all of you to follow that trend, to you know really decipher what's important to you, understand and knowing what you control and what you can't control and put those distractions that are totally impeding your thought process and who you are and your mindset because it impacts your health and wellness. Like I could feel my blood pressure already skyrocketed this morning before I even got up because I didn't sleep well. We always talk about how sleep is so important to your health and wellness because that's what our bodies naturally repair itself. It also automatically puts you in that mindset that I can achieve anything. I can be anything. I can do anything. But you don't feel that way when you wake up already sluggish, already irritable, already hoarse. So you've got to find positive ways in which you can control what the outside is trying to control within you. And you can do it. You can do it. We all have the steps to do it. So that's one. Deprogram from the news. Your alerts on your cell phone, your media, your iPhone, your iPad. Click the no button. Notifications off. 
If you're following news channels, unfollow them. I promise you, if it's breaking, really breaking news, someone's going to call you, text you, or you're somehow going to get some sort of alert on your phone. You don't need to seek it out. We need to seek out things that are going to help us, not destroy us, destroy who we are, destroy our feelings, our well-being, because I'm, I promise you within six months, you're going to find more and more. And we're already seeing a lot of this now, sadly. A lot of people suffering from depression, stress, automatically going on medication, which I'm not a believer in that. I'm not going to, uh, uh, unless it's like, you really have to. There's other healthy ways to combat stress by physical fitness. And when we say physical fitness, we're not saying go join a gym, which you should. But if you're not going to join a gym, I'm not a gym person, my husband is, go out, do some sort of physical activity, swim, run, jog, power walk, use within your home there's so many objects, right? So get that physical workout in. That is going to de-stress you because it's going to increase your endorphins. And then really the third thing I suggest, obviously besides eating well, good gut, uh, gut nutrition, is making sure your circle adds value to you. You don't have to automatically think alike because you do have friends with opposing views that are still good people. And include them as long as they are, are willing to have those conversations with you in a very passionate but respectful manner. Of course, keep them in your circle. If they're not serving you, get them out of your circle. I don't care if they're family. I don't care if they're close friends from years ago. I don't, I don't care if it's someone that you, you know, follow on Facebook. If they're not adding to the goodness of your circle, boot them out of your circle. You don't, and you don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be vicious. You just kindly back away. And those are my three things to help you with your Monday mindset. Jan, what do you have? I know you got three things. Well, I just want to say the engagement process of agreeing to not agree to disagree and have a collective awesome debate, um, we know has been kind of thrown out the window. So how I approach it is, <laughs> excuse me, is obviously to hydrate well, get some movement in. And again, it doesn't have to be anything craziness, but really to, you know, write down your feelings. You're acknowledging it to yourself. You're, you're putting your feelings down that you can reflect upon later. But what it does is it releases the bad endorphins. And in closing, I just want to share something that I heard on Clubhouse from a speaker. And I thought it was, I'm like, oh my God, absolutely. And we were chatting about different things happening and this and that. And she said, <clears throat> excuse me, look at it this way. If you feel what you feel, and so it is. And I thought, wow, that's pretty profound. Create your profoundness. Work through what you need to work through. Acknowledge it, whether it be through fitness, nutrition, whether it be journaling. Do what works for you and know that is okay. On that note, my name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. And it looks, sounds like I'm getting a little froggy throat myself. And I'm with two. Sisters, and this is Carol Sue, aka a 
fired up naughty boss. I'm going to put my words into action and to like create a, no, a whole new vision this week of blocking out what is not serving me or impacting me in a positive way. And we hope you do the same. We will see you tomorrow for Triumph Tuesday. Let's see if we triumph over what we're going through today and all those emotions. And I know we can do this together. Know that we, as much as what we are going through as a country is tough, it's hard. We're in this together and we're here to help you. And you're here to help us just as much. We will see you tomorrow, bright and early at 8 a.m. Take care, everyone. Bye, everyone. Have a great day.